0: Grab onto the wheel, fasten your seatbelts, and step on the gas. WebmasterRadio.fm is going to take you on the ride of your life. You've just stepped off the curb into rush hour. Rush hour. Your Rush Hour hosts, Neil and Cameron, will take you on a fast-paced adventure to the high-tech metropolis known as social media. Blogs, social networks, bookmarking, and more. Around every corner are the tools you'll need for marketing through the social web. No, the light is green. But stay right where you are, because you're in Rush Hour. Hey
1: everybody, today is Wednesday, July 25th. And you're listening to out with Cameron Opius and I, Neil Patel. How are you, Cameron? What's going on, Neil? How are you? Not much, just chilling. Yeah. I believe we have um, someone from SEO Moz again. I believe it's Rebecca Kelly. Yep, that's me. Anything new in social media that you guys noticed?
2: Uh, yeah, something I just noticed uh, happened within the last couple of hours, was it? Uh, Dig announced that they're doing an ad network deal or advertising deal with Microsoft. So they're gonna stop running the Google ads and they're gonna they sign some kind of a three year deal with Microsoft where they're gonna be running their advertising. And then they're still gonna be working with federated media, I believe, to do ad sales as well. So that's I mean that's pretty interesting considering that Dig is highly anti Microsoft. A lot of the users are highly anti Microsoft. You know, I mean Kevin Rose is there's no doubt about it that he's kind of an Apple fanboy, has been a While I mean, there's no secret there, so I definitely found that deal very interesting,
1: yeah, I saw it too on TechCrunch.
2: I think, it's funny,
1: I think every time before we come on the show, we all look on TechCrunch. but yeah, <laughs> um so for the deal in and of itself, I think it's interesting, according to errington, Microsoft's probably gonna lose money on it, just like how they lost money on the Facebook deal. um I just think it's a good way for them to uh, you know. Have more market share, which is probably what they're all trying to do because they're trying to fight against you know the Google and the Yahoo. But it's I'm not too sure. I felt the same way too. As long as there's no Microsoft ads, which I'm pretty sure you know they're not just gonna, there already are Microsoft ads on Dig, and they do display every once in a while uh, for Microsoft or Live or whatever search that they use. But it's like as long as they don't keep on shoving Microsoft ads on Dig, I think it will be golden because like as you already said, diggers aren't big Microsoft you know, fans because.
2: Rose and everybody comes from Linux or Apple or whatever the hell that they use. So. Do you think it's going to hurt them, though, just for the fact that they worked out a deal with Microsoft? Do you think that's going to rub any of the members the wrong way, or do you think that they'll be fine just as long as the ads aren't specifically targeted towards Microsoft or their products? They'll actually be fine either way. Um, what ends up happening a
1: lot of times on Dig or what we've seen is people may revolt for like a day or get angry, but hey, a week later they're going to forget about it and they're not going to give a shit.
3: So it seems like um, Microsoft has been kind of scooping up a lot of social, highly visible social sites. I mean, they just did a deal with Facebook, right? And now they're doing dig. I mean, what do you guys think about Microsoft kind of getting into that whole sphere? Do you think it's, it's going to be good for them or make much of a difference in terms of visibility or what?
2: Um, in my opinion, I mean, it's just... Uh, I mean, I think this is a, a pretty defensive move. I think they're just trying to make sure that Google or Yahoo doesn't work out a deal with them because I think it, you know, they lost big when, or everybody lost big when Google worked out a deal with MySpace because, you know, MySpace is one of the biggest properties on the web, if not the biggest one. And when Google worked out that exclusive deal with them, I think that, that hurt both Yahoo and Microsoft equally. And so I think this is just kind of Microsoft's way of fighting back, fighting back, you know, getting themselves back into the game. So they worked out a deal with Facebook and now they're working out a deal with Dig, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other big social media properties that, you know, in the near future that work out some kind of deals, whether it's with Microsoft, Yahoo, or Google. I think that eventually there are, you know, a lot of them are going to sign exclusive deals with one or the other, and that's kind of the way it's going to go with these these, these you know, these big ad networks like Google and Microsoft and things like that as they fight to, you know, get as many eyeballs and as access to as many page views on the web as they can.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I just think it's it's about just trying to get in there and, and let them know that you, they're not really a forgotten search engine. And I think it is important to try and, you know, get in. And like you said, I mean, Google showed its balls by scooping up uh, MySpace. And so they're, they they got to do something. they got to answer back somehow or else it's just Google's just going to keep snowballing and become this search engine giant. And, you know, there still are four major players I mean, we kind of tend to forget that, but, I mean, I think it's interesting. I, I hope that, I kind of like the the competition and just the, how everything's trying to get more leveraged and more even, but it's kind of an uphill battle for these guys. We'll see what happens. But I really yeah, I do think, think nice that to... Microsoft needs to just establish itself as as just an authority on something. I mean, whether that's, you know, like image or local or whatever, I mean, it needs to stand out as as being just, like, kick-ass in and, and some sort of sphere. So, I don't know, we'll see.
1: They are, they have been at everything, though.
3: <laughs> I like their image search, personally. I mean, I, I think their image search is pretty solid, but that's just
2: me. Yeah, I don't really, it I'm not right. really a fan of uh, anything of that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, a couple of people I know, apparently they got some massive uh, account bans Recently, and um, as well as their their IP, got banned, and I think this is because um, like a bunch of idiots, uh, the people at that company signed up for a ton of accounts on the same day under one IP. So, um, do you yep. guys have any? Yep. Have you guys ever been banned on Dig or anything like that?
2: Who is it? Are, Are you then, able to say that who it is? Um,
3: I don't know. I I think I'll probably err on the side of uh, caution <laughs> and just say. I mean, it place. wasn't his fault. He he gave guidelines whoa, on how to do this, and everybody just ignored him and signed up. So, Didn't
2: But, um, yeah, like in the
3: story that, that got submitted, it just got it got pulled, and all of the accounts were banned, and it's pretty ugly, apparently.
2: I mean, from what I've seen, usually the bans happen for a good reason. Uh, very, I mean, a few months ago, six months ago or whatever, there was quite a few sites that were banned. I think a lot of them... You know, it was like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. But I think for the most part, when somebody gets banned, there's usually a good reason for it. They're trying to dig game in one way or another. So usually it's very de- deserving, and that's kind of just just what I've seen from it. And I know I know a couple of people that have been recently as well, and they were kind of ticked off about it. But, I mean, when you really, you know, look at who they are and you kind of know what they're doing, I mean, it was just something that was, you know, just something that was a long time coming for them. I mean, it's obvious that all they were doing is using game t- or Dig to Game traffic to their own sites, and yeah, of course Dig isn't going to like that, and if they find out, they're going to ban people.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, pretty much the bottom line is, isn't that kind of what most SEOs are trying to do, is to get traffic from Dig to their site, but I guess it's kind of just like a matter of finesse, as to there's a way to discreetly go about doing it, and there's like the blatant, you're going to get your ass banned way to go about doing it, right?
2: well I think there's I think there's two different ways to go about it. There's people that are you know really producing high quality content that they think is gonna be very appealing and relevant to the dig crowd and then using some kind of power counts to submit it and I don't really consider that gaming. I consider that more optimizing or I guess using the system for your benefit and then there's those that you know instant message forty of their friends for digs and you know email out all their friends, go and drop their links on forums, say, dig this, and stuff like that. I mean, there's, in my opinion, there's an obvious difference between the two. You know, I mean, it's it's not my place to say what is right or wrong, but it's just, you know, for what I feel, I feel that there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. And that's just, you know, again, that's just my opinion.
3: So, I mean, if you had a client or, you know, you had something like a link bait piece for one of your clients, or for yourself, or whoever, and you submitted it to Dig. I mean, do you kind of just submit it and then just see what happens with it, or you don't? You don't try and you know hit up any of your friends for for some nice <laughs> Dig love. Like, what do you do, Cameron?
2: Um, what I do is I rely on just I just kind of submit it and for forget it. You know, I mean, we obviously have power accounts or things that we you know. I mean, we've have. You know, several people in our company or that we work with that have been members with for Dig since the beginning, and because of that, we've worked up really strong accounts. You know, we have a lot of friends, we have a high, you know, homepage to or submission to homepage ratio, and then we just rely on writing a really, you know, doing our research and writing a really good piece of content that we think is going to be appealing and be very popular within those, and kind of let that let that content, you know, do the work for itself and make the home page that way. So.
3: All right. What about you, Neil? Any thoughts?
2: I'm the same way as Cameron. It's, we don't
1: spam or we don't believe in spamming. It's all just writing good content, and if it goes, it goes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So it's just a numbers game. If you can do the right research, provide value, you should not have any problems at all. But As a quick question, who got banned? Was that Joe White? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm not saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're going to pick on Joe White again. <laughs> <laughs> No, because he messaged me this morning saying I got banned from Dig. I wasn't sure if it was him or because then he was like, I don't know if it's banned, maybe just. Well, there was another uh,
3: user who got banned who was. I guess he has a pretty prominent Dig account, but he got unbanned pretty quickly. So I don't know if he. Right. I'm sure he uh, contacted some folks and and got the the ban lifted.
2: Yeah, so I know that, about that yeah. person. He he did send the, them an email and apologize for it, and you know promised them that he wasn't going to continue to do what he was doing. And so they, you know, they're willing to give him a second chance and reinstate his account, which I think they would probably do with most people. But, I, you know, I mean, it's going to be two or three strikes and you're going to be gone. I mean, if that happens again, I don't think Diggs is going to be forgiving and be like, okay, you know, we understand that maybe, you know, you didn't com- completely understand all the rules, so we'll let you back in and here's just kind of a slap on the wrist. And I'm sure if they do it again that they'll, they'll be gone for good. So maybe this person has a chance that they can – be reinstated or maybe the infraction was severe enough that they can't be. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know enough about the story to, to really say, but I have seen a lot of instances where people do get reinstated and have their accounts good again. So cool. Uh, perfect time to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back shortly.
0: Rush Hour will be speeding right back after these commercial messages. Hang on. Know how to get the best return on your advertising dollar? Clicksor.com. Yeah, ever since we began marketing with more precise content, target technology from ClickSore.com, we've seen a huge jump in visitors converting to buyers for just over one-third of a cent per view. To get over 300 categories, unlimited keywords and ad placement on over 100,000 sites, click on clicksor.com today. That's clicksor.com. Your bottom line will thank you. ClickSore.com delivers where it matters for you. and now WebmasterRadio.fm proudly presents Inspirational Moments by David Naylor. So I can like, kind of like have this medium rare steak and in the UK that's like pink in the middle. This this book is like still mooing, so it comes over and it's like the manager's like, yeah, we cook our steaks like a little bit less than like normal people and I'm like, dude, it's like burnt it on the outside and you've left it raw in the middle. That's a fine art there, right in itself. <laughs> I and mean, it is, and it? it's like, how would you burn something without cooking it? How? You know what I mean? I, I mean, I, I, how, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Tune in for more inspirational moments with David Naylor and Mikkel DeMip every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time
1: on The Strike
0: Point. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Final destination, Rush Hour, Rush Hour. on webmasterradio.fm. Now, now, back to
1: your Rush Hour host. Hey everybody, we're back, and uh, up next we'll be talking about Ustream. Have any of you guys uh, have ever heard of Ustream or played around with it? What is,
2: what is it exactly, Neil? I know what it is, and I've checked it out a couple of times, but I've never actually really used it for actually like streaming videos or anything. I've kind of played around with it and watched it a little bit. But what what exactly is it? Don't users just kind of like upload street like live video streams and people can watch them? Is that what it is or? Yeah, it's pretty much let's say uh AC or SEO Moz, right?
1: SEO Moz has an office and they have X people in there and they want to just create their own show or any average show just sitting in front of their computer, that's all they want to create their own show. What Ustream is is pretty much live TV that's recording what you're doing and it's just going on the web in live time, for my understanding.
2: So, so it's kind of like Justin the uh, Justin TV, but any anybody can upload their their own show or whatever, right?
1: Exactly. So the way I look at it is like Justin TV, but for the average Joe. If that makes sense. Okay. Well,
3: this seems like it could have the potential to be extremely boring, depending on
1: what you're doing. <laughs> Pretty boring um, in general, but I think it actually can be really popular. All they do really is like, if you have a hot girl and she's just sitting in front of a camera, I think a lot of <laughs> computer nerds are just sitting there watching. So you can make money out of it. You just need a hot chick in front of a uh, camera.
2: all <laughs> so it takes. The hot chick. No, I think <laughs> it's actually a pretty a pretty popular service from what I've seen. I you know, I mean, I see them on you know a lot of the like the blog the blogs that cover kind of the web industry and things like that and from everything i'm saying it's really been growing in popularity and gained a lot of traction and i know justin tv i mean that that guy that guy's show is just absolutely blown up like you know he's he's extremely popular he's got a ton of people watching his show he's been on like cnn wall street journal all these different news sources so you know well it may sound boring there's obviously a lot of people that that do find it appealing. i guess i don't know why but they do (laughs) I don't think us geeks have that great
1: of life if we're just watching Ustream or Justin TV, but we end up doing... So, and the other thing is, I think shows like Perillo's show is pretty popular. He's on Ustream, and they're getting other popular people, like uh, the tech guy, which is like Lee Laporte or something like that. I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but they're getting big brands to join up and start doing these, you know,
2: uh,
1: Ustreams, and they're getting, like, Senator Dodd and a lot of people, so...
2: So are they doing actually, like... Like well laid out shows, or are they just like uploading like live streams of their of their video cams, or what? What exactly are these people doing with their shows? You know, I think it's more so live shows. Just you're doing whatever, and you're just uploading
1: live streams of your video. So like whatever you're doing right then and there, that's pretty much what's on Ustream
2: Maybe we should come up with a show. We'll all put cameras on <laughs> cameras on during <laughs> rush hour <laughs> of our little little stream show.
3: Well, that means that Neil would have to put pants on, though. I don't think that'd go over very well.
2: Oh, so wear pants. <laughs> I think that get more get us more viewers. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll take off the pants
1: if it would get us more viewers. But yeah, I highly doubt that everybody would run away from the camera. Yeah, I keep calling
3: yourself that, Neil.
2: We'd be very popular with the ladies. So to get yeah. on a Ustream, basically, you like. need
3: either a hot chick or you just need Neil Patel with his pants off, right?
2: <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> I'd prefer you a hot chick, personally, but. Oh, you know what probably could even work is you don't even need a hot chick. All you do is just need pictures of hot chicks that just keep on rotating.
2: Look at all those YouTube videos that got popular just because they put that picture, they slipped that picture of the hot chick like right in the middle of the video because you know how that's what they use for the, like the still image on all the videos, Is like whatever is exactly halfway through the video. A lot of those things got yeah. super popular just because people want to click on them because they thought it was like a video of hot chicks, but in reality, it was like a video of something completely different. They would just throw in, like, a one-second image of a hot <laughs> chick in the middle.
3: Wow. That's pretty clever.
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. I don't I, I haven't looked through YouTube to see if those are still still working or not, but for a while, I mean, they were pretty much made up all almost all the popular videos on YouTube. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, and then at one point, the funny people,
1: what they did was they put the hot chick in the middle, and it was just like a one-minute click that would be like, hey, what's up, you're watching this. What, you thought there was going to be a hot chick or something? You're like, You <laughs> watch this; just wasted one minute of your life. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, um, when we're talking about Justin TV, they're actually filming themselves with a naked cowboy in uh, New York.
2: <laughs> in Times oh, Boy, is that right? naked cowboy that plays the guitar or whatever?
1: Yeah. The other thing that I, was, um, that I actually found quite interesting is TechCrunch acquired some invite share, right, which is this whole... Um, Web 2.0 type of invitation system, right? Because if you think about a lot of the sites that are coming up, like Juice and all these betas out there, some of them have tons and tons of users, and people are looking for invites, like the talents or whatnot. And I thought it was pretty cool because what they're doing now is with Invite Share, you can actually do it where like you sign up and you can get invites to tons of betas and shit like
2: that. Yeah, I saw that. What was pretty cool about that is actually the way it sold. I think the I believe the guy listed his site for sale on SitePoint forums, right? And that's where Mike Arrington saw it and they bought it right off that. And I think the the purchase price was like thirty grand or thirty five grand or something like that. So that that was kind of cool to to see a purchase through there because SitePoint. I mean, traditionally that's not really a place you know where people are selling reputable companies or whatever. You know, I see a lot of like informational sites or SEO sites or affiliate sites and things for sale on there, but you never really. You know, hear legitimate purchases and things like that. Well, it was, High profile
1: purchases, so, are. So, the way that deal worked out, from my understanding, and I could be wrong, and this is why I thought it was funny, Darrington found out about it a while ago. He blogged on it. It got really popular, tons of users, tons of traffic, and then a few days later, that guy put it up for sale on site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and
2: he. Uh, a big part of, like, what, like, his description and everything was, like, he was really pushing the fact that he got on TechCrunch and, and all that. And I, I remember Arrington even wrote about that in his post, how, you know, he made a big a big point to say how he was written up on TechCrunch and, you know, how his popularity exploded because of that. But I guess that they were fine with that over at TechCrunch. They said that, you know, whatever the guy, you know, came up with a cool product and deserves to be rewarded for his hard work. Yeah, he saw you know, Michael Arrington that.
3: yesterday at a... Uh at a seminar in Seattle, and he pretty much said the exact same thing you just did, that he he's likely to write about you on TechCrunch if you, you know, just have a cool product or something interesting. And he even said that um, like even if you're kind of a douchebag, if you've got like a really cool product or service, then, you know, you can look past the fact that you're kind of a just a jerk or whatever if you've got the goods to back it up. But if you've got something that's kind of like a mediocre product, then you probably need to be a little more charismatic when it comes to your pitch.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's kind of funny that he brings that up because I mean, in reality, I mean, why should that? Why should that matter? I mean, if the company's cool enough or whatever, and the guys that's running it's a dick or whatever, that should be no reason not to write about a company if you're, you know, trying to be a, like an unbiased news source or right. what, you know whatever he is.
3: Well, that's pretty much what he was saying. But he, you know, he said if you're if you really don't have, you know, like if you're trying to basically get written about and you don't have something that's really that great or worth writing about, then, you know, you need to be a little more, I guess maybe your chances are a little better if you're kind of a, if you can sell it well, or if you're, you know, like a charismatic person or likable, whereas if it's just something that's just irresistible to write about, but you're kind of an asshole, then, you know, shouldn't really be an issue because the product will kind of sell it for you.
2: Right, yeah, and I mean, that, that just kind of, I guess that kind of makes sense with just like sales in general, you know, if a product can sell itself, it doesn't really matter if the guy that's selling it's a dick, but if the product's not that great, the person's got to be a, a pretty slick, pretty damn slick salesman to to get it sold or whatever, you know?
3: Yeah, pretty much.
2: And I mean, that's exactly what these people are doing, They're, you know, selling their ideas and things so that they can get, selling their pitches, their ideas, whatever, so they can get written up on TechCrunch or any of these other popular bloggers that are going to help up their companies. What was the conference that
1: you
3: actually at in Seattle that Arrington spoke at? Um, it was just a—it was just like a seminar. It was called the Naked Truth, and it was um, just like a one-hour thing that um, it was like a discussion about uh, how you can try and approach um, news publications and blogs and whatnot to try and get a mention or get written about, and the best strategies for that. And so uh, Michael Arrington was there, and there was a guy from Wired magazine and uh, a woman from. Wall Street Journal, and then there were two people from the Seattle Times and the Seattle Post-Intelligencer, so it was kind of just like an informal panel, and there was a guy who was asking them questions, and then uh, after that, he opened it up to the floor, and, you know, a bunch of people asked them questions, and then that was pretty much it. It was pretty short, but it was pretty interesting, too. I'm actually writing a blog post about it uh, now, so I'll probably have that up on our blog by the end of the day.
1: Did you learn anything specific on how to approach bloggers to ask them to write about you, or is there any tricks, or...
3: Well, I mean, most of it was geared towards uh, traditional media, like, you know, newspapers and stuff, and Michael Arrington was really the only blogger that was there. Um, I mean, it was kind of more, you know, how to conduct yourself when you're getting interviewed and what you can talk about, and what, if you need to go off the record, then you need to mention that, and... Because everything is assumed to be on the record unless you state otherwise, and but no, it was interesting because uh, the woman, I think her name is Becky, from the Wall Street Journal said that uh, you know like the popularity of blogs and TechCrunch, you know, as an example, has kind of made them you know force them to have meetings and stuff and and figure out you know what they need to do to to try and compete with with all of the the rising blogs and stuff because you know they have a readership, but it's all traditional in print. So they're trying to see what they can do to compete online more. So it's kind of funny that it's clearly having an impact on the more traditional journalism.
1: Got it. <laughs> did you get all that? Did you? I
2: get all that. I did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Any other news on social space?
2: Um, the, only thing I, the only other thing I saw this week that stands out is there's a lawsuit against Facebook right now. Apparently, there's a company called Connect You that Mark Zuckerberg worked at right before he started Facebook, and they're nice. claiming that he stole, the, he stole their code and their ideas to start Facebook, so there's a huge lawsuit there, and I mean, it's, it's both sides of the story. I mean, the Facebook side of the story just, you know, is saying that these guys are just trying to ride on the coattails of their success, and... You know, whatever you know, all they do is see dollar signs where the other guys are saying that they the guy or Zuckerberg legitimately, you know, stole their source code and their ideas. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I believe they're going to so, so, is it Supreme Court or they're going to some kind of court. I think within the next month. And okay. these guys are asking; these guys are actually asking that all of Facebook's assets and everything be turned over to them. So that's it could be pretty interesting to see how that plays out. Maybe it's just going to be something that gets dismissed. Because there's not enough evidence, but you know maybe something something real will happen there. So that's going to be kind of interesting to to watch how that plays out.
3: Yeah, that'll be really it's interesting. It's pretty sounds pretty serious. Not like your standard I don't know case where it's like well they stole my stuff and it gets dismissed. This one seems to be sounds like it's got some merit to it. So yeah, interested in seeing how it unfolds.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Connect you. So I typed in connect you on uh, Google. And the site's really not loading up for me or it is now. But it pretty much says, hey, meet random people or meet people that Connect you, so I don't know if that was the whole philosophy behind Facebook or whatnot, but it would actually be funny if it got turned over to them.
2: <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious considering he you know, he's had a lot of rumored buy buyout, buyout offers in the billions of dollars ranges and things like that and he could have uh, you know, sold out and walked away and left left to mess with somebody else about. That would actually be quite the story if it did end up getting turned over, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be laughing really hard. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. sorry <laughs> for the guy, but
1: so yep. yeah. What can you do? You can't control everything. But not worst case, they're probably going to settle and connect. is probably going to get millions of dollars, and Facebook's probably going to have to pull that money out from somewhere because I don't think that they're making. They could be making enough money to pay off the guys, but you know, so.
2: Uh, the word is they're doing about a hundred a hundred million a year in revenue. I'm not sure how much of that's net profit or anything, but that's kind of the rumor as far as gross, you know, gross revenue and and things like that. So I mean, they do have some money, and it's not like they would have a hard time coming up with. You know, they could easily raise money if they if they absolutely needed to, if it came to that. I don't think that'd be a problem, but I doubt it would ever you know come to that. But you never know. Hmm. That's true.
1: So cool. This is uh, pretty much it for the show. We'll be back next week, next Wednesday, uh, one Pacific, uh, or no, one PM Pacific Standard Time and three PM Eastern. No, four PM Eastern. My bad, I'm getting all my times wrong. But it's cool, being <laughs> <laughs> on the show. All right, all right guys. I'll see you later right, on next week. All
3: right. Good talking Bye.
1: to you. Bye.